Well, it's interesting. I mean, if you write for bots um, and it's read by bots, then I wonder <laughs> <laughs> what is the role we play in, in this whole... Yeah, yeah. Well, clearly Google being smarter. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Rockstar CMO FM. The M is for marketing, the F is for, well, you decide. As you're probably wondering, does the world need another effing marketing podcast? I'm your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of Rockstar CMO, your regular hit of Marketing Street Knowledge, where we share straight-talking marketing advice from our community of marketing writers and CMOs. You can find us at rockstarcmo.com and on LinkedIn and Twitter. This episode recorded on Friday the 27th of November. If you're in the US, I hope you enjoyed Thanksgiving. Despite the challenges of the virus, or the vid, as all the cool kids are now calling it, apparently. And wherever you are, I hope you've had a good week, that you are well, keeping safe and staying as sane as you feel you need to be. I'm introducing a change to the set list this week. We have a marketing doctor in the house as we start a series of chats with Dr. Christine Bailey, dipping into her book, Customer Insight Strategies. I chat to content agency owner and serial investor and entrepreneur Raj Goodman-Anand, and I again retire to the Rockstar CMO virtual bar for a chat with my friend and content marketing guru, Robert Rose. Right, let's get started, shall we? My first guest is someone I've spoken to on this podcast before, and you might be familiar with her from her regular contributions to our monthly publication. It's Dr. Christine Bailey, the CMO at Valita, an international payment solution company. Christine has extensive experience in B2B marketing, including leading European marketing functions for Hewlett-Packard and Cisco Systems, and serves on several advisory boards. She is a respected thought leader and motivational speaker. She's been voted number one woman in tech by B2B marketing and number three female influencer in UK B2B marketing by Onalytica. And I suggest you take a look at her TEDx talk, Unconventional Career Advice, that you can find on YouTube, and I'll include a link in the show notes. Christine has a doctorate DBA in Customer Insight from Cranford School of Management. And more recently, Christine has added author to this list of achievements, publishing Customer Insight Strategies, How to Understand Your Audience, and Create Remarkable Marketing. And over the next four weeks, I'll be taking a quick peek into its pages with her. Hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, Christine. Welcome back to Rockstar CMO FM. Your Customer Insight Strategies book that we, we talked to on the last episode when we got together is actually out. That must be yeah. very exciting. It is. At yeah. last. Delayed yeah. because of COVID, but not forever. Yeah, no, well done. And congratulations on writing a book. I think as we discussed before, it's an aspiration I have too. And I think for a lot of our our listeners that are in marketing, we've all got a marketing book in us. So tell us about Absolutely. what Customer Insight Strategies is all about. Well, you know, as marketers, we all want to create that extraordinary and memorable marketing, don't we? But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, remarkable marketing is becoming increasingly elusive. You know, we're mm-hmm. faced with hyper-informed digital customers, tightening budgets, quarterly targets, stifling regulation. And it's actually difficult to stop, think and consider how could we be doing things differently in order to get to that extraordinary place? And, you know, we're now in the intelligent era. 
So deep customer insight should inform our every move, you know, because the, the world is constantly changing and insights constantly changing. And what your customers thought yesterday or even this morning might not yeah, be what yeah. they think today or this afternoon. So if you want customer insight to drive your marketing, it's not just something you can do once. So you're going to need to build new habits. Yeah. And what this book is about is helping people understand how they can use customer insights across every area of marketing and, mm. and build those new habits, you know, right from the beginning of how do you create a mission statement with purpose and a value proposition that matters to the customers? How do mm. you use insights to inform a brand strategy? How can you then create and apply customer segments and personas? How can you create the right kind of thought leadership and content marketing and make sure that the, you know, that it's performing correctly? How yeah. do you use insights for not only customer acquisitions, but development and retention? And how can you have more insightful social? And then, of course, you know, we, we're going to need some technology. And most importantly, what are the implications of all of this for practitioners? So the book ends to, uh, aims to cover all of those areas. It is. I mean, it's amazing that it's not like... Um like the, the width of um, the complete works of J.R. Tolkien yeah. or something, because you do cover a lot of ground in this. And um, and I know that you're a, a CMO, you're a CMO of Alta. What, um, what inspired you to actually put pen to paper and start writing the book? Well, it's been a long time in the making. Uh, <laughs> so back in 2004, a friend of mine, Professor Moira Clark, who was at Cranfield at the time, mm -hmm. um, suggested to me that I should do a doctorate. And... Mm -hmm that's what sparked the passion for the topic of customer insight because yeah. um, the, the doctorate was all about how large UK companies use customer insight for acquisition development and retention. Mm -hmm. So writing a book's always been on my bucket list and, mm -hmm. and I intended to write one when I published my doctorate in 2008, but um, mm -hmm. life had other plans <laughs> and um, yeah, it didn't get written at the time, but uh, I say 12 years later, and I like to think that this is a much better book mm -hmm. than it would have been 12 years ago. I think not least because, you know, customer insights more mainstream now than it was in mm, 2008. Plus, um, you know, to your point about how on earth do you cover all the, these topics? And, and I wanted to make sure that I was up to date with the latest thinking around mm -hmm. the world. So I interviewed 33 people. A mm -hmm. mixture of marketing practitioners and academics who were all experts in their field, you know, the different chapters of the book, and they very generously shared their opinions and case studies um, in the book. Yeah, it's fantastic. And that, um, I, I mentioned um, before we started chatting that we're going to serialize this a little bit. So, um, first for Rockstar CMO FM, we're going we're gonna to re revisit this book over the next four weeks or so. Um, so, I, I do want to cover all those topics you talked about. but. Let's start with the first thing is um, how do you define customer insights? What's your definition of that inside this book? Well, if I go back to the doctor, I defined uh, that customers were collecting data across five main areas, which was mm -hmm. competitors, customers, markets, employees and channel partners. Mm -hmm. And I actually thought, you know what, the picture is pretty much the same today with a few crucial differences. And those differences are that two thirds of the buying journey now happens online. So we've got enormous volumes of digital footprint data that we didn't have in you know, 2008. Mm -hmm. uh, the second difference is that with more than 400 million people speaking to Siri and 500 million people speaking to Google Assistant, yeah. Yeah. we know that the world of typing and reading is transitioning to speaking and listening. So, you know, lots of different types of data. And the, the third big difference is that artificial intelligence, of course, is being used more and more in marketing. 
Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, you can still, those five areas still stand, you know, with those mm-hmm. differences. And then out of those five different types of data, I think we're collecting four main types of insight. And, and those are the ones that I explore in the book. So the first one is market predictions. So how can you uh-huh. use, um, you know, use those uh, market predictions? The, the second one is customer segments. And, and this is a massive area for insight because I don't think you can have customer segmentation now without insights. So uh-huh. we cover that in, in detail in chapter five. The third one is propensity models or predictive modeling. And we look at that in chapter seven and you use that a lot for customer acquisition. And then finally, the fourth area is customer analytics. And that's predominantly the type of insight you'll need for customer development and retention. And we look at that in chapter eight. Mm, No, I know. And that's well, that's a brilliant definition and it really covers um, all the bases. So we'll be touching on all of those over the next four weeks. And uh, thank you very much, Christine. And I shall join you again next week. Look forward to it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Christine. Her book really does cover all the marketing bases, as you'll discover over the next few weeks. I will, of course, include links to Christine, her company, book, Twitter and LinkedIn in the show notes. Time for the next guest. Raj Goodman Anand is the founder of Goodman Lantern, who provide marketing content writing services that help businesses sell better and grow faster. An engineer by profession, he has founded three startups, raised capital and taken one venture from zero to acquisition. He has not only had a flourishing career launching startups, but also with large and mid-sized organizations where he's launched startups or new products for them, creating revenue in excess of £45 million. In 2007, Raj won Business Week's Europe's Young Entrepreneur. In 2009, was named in Revolution Magazine's 50 Most Influential People in Digital. He has spoken at various venues, including the Foreign and Commonwealth Office, British Library, and several universities, including the LSE. Raj and his entrepreneurial ventures have had coverage in The Telegraph, Guardian, Business Week and The Observer. And now, of course, Rockstar CMO. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, Raj. Welcome to Rockstar CMO FM. How are you? I'm good, Ian. Uh, good to be on, on the call. And yeah, no, really, really good. Thank you to Friday. It's uh, ready yeah. for the weekend. So yeah, looking forward to it all. Absolutely. Same here. Happy Friday. Okay. So um, for people that don't know who you are, Raj, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. So um, I run a company called Goodman Lantern. I founded the company Mm -hmm. six years back. um, And uh, this is my third company. In the past, I've sold one company uh, in the entertainment industry. And one of the businesses have been not as planned, but uh, you have those, <laughs> I guess. Um, I studied AI at university. Uh, I actually did uh, research in AI uh, 15 years back when no one knew what AI was. My mom thought AI was a study of UFOs, for example. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, now fast forward, the AI is probably the most talked about technology uh, in most ecosystems uh, in yeah. B2B marketing. Um so, so yeah, um, a, a marketeer at heart, uh, studied technology, and now I swing between technology and marketing all the time. <laughs> so which one do you think is your favorite? Which, which, which is in your heart? Is it marketing or tech or both? <laughs> well, I, a few years back, I came across a term which, which, which goes by, by MarTech. You know, MarTech has become mm-hmm. my yeah, yeah. sort of like, I think it's what I'm close to, like technology with marketing yeah. put 
in combined in that same sort of sad ball, you know, put it all together, mix it all together. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of us are like that. I'm also a technologist turned marketer, so um, I feel that. Uh, tell us a bit about Goodman Lantern, your agency. What is it that you guys do? Goodman Lantern is a team of native English content writers. We mm-hmm. we help our customers grow faster and sell better using mm-hmm. content. And we do content of all different kinds. We do marketing content, like the, the article, social media, um, blogs, for instance. We also do long-form content which is yeah. ebooks and also for example e-commerce stuff as well so if you, if you you know with our big clients we work with uh, globally you know we work with a lot of the the, the e-commerce stuff but mm-hmm. all in all we are champions of content we believe that is the what makes someone different storytelling is super important for a company's brand and uh, we mm-hmm. believe in it yeah yeah you're um, you're talking my language there i also have a passion for content marketing as you may know but um and what benefits do you, i mean it's it's a very open question because i think we both believe in content marketing but um what specific benefits have, have your clients seen taking that approach taking a content marketing approach with their content well before good my clients I, i'd like to say that before i joined when i started goodman lantern i was working for a company in europe I helped them mm-hmm. take their business from seven and a half million euros to 45 million on the back of mm-hmm. storytelling and having a different positioning of the company, mm-hmm. all, all using good content. So I believe content can really help a company to accelerate their positioning in, in, their, in their ecosystem and really help them be different and get more sales uh, and close deals faster. With our clients, yeah. story is very similar. We actually uh, have seen the, the customers, the ones who have really embraced content in the right way, that they have managed to close deals faster. They have a better yeah. brand placement. And overall, they are thought as, as, as the thought leaders in the industry they belong mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, data about that, isn't it, from people like Gartner and Forrester, that um, client, um, companies that are seen as thought leaders in their space um, are you know become that leader? Is that is that what you're saying there? Is that what you've seen? Absolutely. Well, I mean, it comes down to you know when you're looking at a a large company or a mid-sized company looking to make a decision on their supplier, you know they've got to find a point of differentiation between their suppliers A, B, yeah. and C. Uh, and often they'll they'll send their research team to kind of go and uh, scavenge uh, from uh, the 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 digital sphere, the eco you know the ecosphere yeah. um, about the company and it usually comes down to their content really and their thought leadership yeah, yeah i love that idea of scavenging i think that's that's something a lot of people do don't they when they're looking for content and when when you're um when you're starting with your new clients and and you start these these engagements with them do you see some common advice you're giving to most of your clients that perhaps i can share with the listeners here well i think it's not uncommon to be asked mm-hmm. for the results to be produced yesterday <laughs> all right <laughs> um so you know it's it's very typical that you'll get you know clients come in and say listen i want the results within a month from now i want to mm-hmm. see the content is working um mm-hmm. and our advice is that content is a long-term game but it's a gift that's mm-hmm. keep, that keeps giving now once you invest yeah. in it there is so much more you can get out of it, which you didn't even expect it to happen for you. Uh, this, for example, uh, just before this call, I was on an uh, an interview to, to to be on a television show uh, in in Miami, mm-hmm. 
Um, and I didn't yeah. even know how they found me, to be honest. But I, all I can say is maybe it's the content strategy, which I have for my personal yeah. brand, for instance. So there's so much more uh, happening with content that you don't know. It's a gift that keeps giving. Once we invest in it, once you yeah. believe in it, the, there's a different ball game which we get into. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. And have you got any examples of that? I mean, well, I mean, you've given me a great example of that, haven't you? Your own personal brand where you're being interviewed for the TV. But that's certainly something I think that we've seen and, and certainly the conversations we've had with, with, our, with our own clients and also with some of the interviews that I've done, that once you commit to this journey, it's a long-term journey, but it keeps on, uh, keeps on giving. These aren't one-off campaign plays, are they? Exactly. I mean, look at the ad space. I mean, if you, I mean, I, I, I love, you know, Google ads, Facebook ads, I love them, mm-hmm. but it is something which you keep investing. The moment you stop the ads, it's not going to be the same referrals mm-hmm. coming in, the same number of, you know, leads coming in. It, it stops the, yeah. the ad spend. So yeah. with content, that's not the case. Once you invest in it, it's there for, for long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that, I mean, we keep raising, I mean, we're in mid lockdown here in, in the UK. And one of the things we keep talking about on the, on this podcast is the changes in the in in marketing due to the, ma- the pandemic and the things we're seeing different in the in the area of content. Have you seen a difference in the way clients are approaching you to, uh, in what they're doing with content right now? Well, certainly a spike, um, especially with, I would say, e-commerce uh, style companies, but also with B2B companies who are who want to invest in content, but said, listen, we, you know, we love our face to face meetings. We love our uh, exhibitions. We love our trade shows. So we're going to invest in that today. They understand that our advice like last year made a lot of sense. <laughs> And that they should have invested it back then, but uh, well, let's yeah. jump into it today, um, and and let's get make sure that we are ready to to to, to ride the wave. But there's certainly a lot of uh, interest. There's certainly a lot of clients mm-hmm. who be signing up. This has been very busy for us. This year has been really busy for us. We've been uh, literally we have to like sometimes we have to ask clients to kind of hang on for some time because we can't really <laughs> onboard them. You know, it's uh, it's it's. Uh, it's it's been made different from, for example, in our company and I guess in the marketing uh, space compared to travel, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, where they mm-hmm. had to kind of or entertainment where they had to kind of stop mm-hmm. that. We have, we have had to mm-hmm. kind of really switch on our our our, our gears mm-hmm. and really kind of jump in with with uh, with more team members and hiring more, yeah, more staff yeah. as well. Yeah, well, that's a good news story, and oh my God, we could all use a good news story right now. So that's fantastic. Um, and the the thing that I'm hearing there, and and I've seen a lot of people talking about with with content and within sales, and and the the removal of in person events stuff is is that move to virtual selling, right? Is the fact that people are engaging with content more pre meeting anybody? Is that is that what you're seeing as well? Yes, and and I think sometimes content gets a bad reputation that's only for inbound mm-hmm. people like yeah. inbound people need content the reality yeah. is that we all need uh, content whether we're inbound yeah. outbound uh, sellers um, we all need content because content increases familiarity with the company and understand yeah. the company's core values uh, the mission right. the vision um, yeah so i would say uh, at the moment we're seeing that we all embracing it. In fact, you know, everybody yeah. understands that there, it needs to be content on their LinkedIn, on the social media, uh, on the mm-hmm. website, which is the holy grail, which is uh, as it were of their yeah. marketing. Yeah, yeah, no, very cool. And um, I, you know, we've 
just touched on at the very beginning of this conversation about technology around content. And I, and I keep reading these articles and we're seeing, you know, the idea that the bots are going to start writing our content and AI is going to start writing our content. Are you seeing any of that in your business? Is it, where does technology play a role with, with how you're working? Well, as a, <laughs> <laughs> but as a technology sort of focused marketeer, and, yeah. with, and especially with AI, which I which I love. Um, yeah. There is a lot of opportunities within the content space. And mm-hmm. look at OpenAI, GPT-3, for instance, especially at mm-hmm. the moment, where you can enter some keywords and you can get your resume written for you, for instance. You know, it, yeah. it sounds, looks promising. And definitely GPT-3 is better than GPT-2. Uh, a bit tongue twisted that one, uh, but um, but it's still far from the creative elements of content writing. I think there's much more mm-hmm. than just words when it comes to writing an article or, or a blog post or website copy. Um, mm-hmm. To understand the company's core values, mission, vision, uh, thought process, the requirements of the you know the stakeholders of the company, it takes more than just you know. Keywords, mm-hmm. for instance, mm-hmm. uh, that's mm-hmm. not the game which most good content writers are are into. We're into, mm-hmm. you know, a, a feeling when you read the content, for instance. We're into that that's kind of perception of the company mm-hmm. in words, and that needs more than just you know smart bots mm-hmm. writing keywords and paraphrasing mm-hmm. it properly. But when when I've um, approached this subject, I've always also thought about there's two sides to the bots, isn't there? There's there's the bots that they're they're trying to create, they're going to create the content, but also because we're dependent on, on things like Google and those bots to read our content and understand our content. Um, do you think that the, the the bots that are doing the reading, as in the Google, are they getting more intelligent and understanding the value of good content, or do you think we need bots to te- to to write for bots? What do you think? Well, it's interesting. I mean, if you write for bots um, and it's read by bots, then I wonder <laughs> <laughs> what is the role we play in, in this whole. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, clearly Google is getting smarter with the mm-hmm. understanding if it makes sense, and yeah. I'm sure as we get more versions of AI writing a, a content, there'll be better mm-hmm. algorithms to, or you know. Uh, machine tech, uh, machine learning to understand if this is written uh, by a bot yeah. or by human beings. Um, yeah. I still feel that when it comes to being creative, it takes a human being. You can't replace feelings uh, with a bot. Bot doesn't have feelings. Uh, I, right. You know, I've I've spent a lot of time writing algorithms and building AI tools, and I, I have at least I haven't figured out how to make the bot feel mm-hmm. like a human being. Yeah. 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 So. Um, and so when you're writing content or you're working with your clients, do you encourage them to write for people or and not write for Google, not write for the keywords, not write for all that, um, but actually um, think about the audience that you're writing for? Well, the simple um, idea is that if that content resonates with the audience, the customers, mm-hmm. that that's the most important part, more important mm-hmm. than the, the, the keywords than the the mission uh, of yeah. of your sort of marketing team, it comes down to yeah. the audience. If your if your yeah. customers like what you write and it resonates with them, that means that'll lead yeah. to some more interesting conversations, more leads, mm-hmm. and more sales. And which is typically what the requirements are for 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 a marketing company like us. 
Yeah, man, I, I, I want to amen and a hallelujah to that, mate. I'm completely on board with what you just said there. All right, so I know you're a busy man, and so I'll get to our, our final question. We have a regular feature on Rockstar CMO called the Rockstar CMO Swimming Pool that is our portal to hell for all the bullshit snake oil and overhyped trends that plague our lovely industry that we love. What would you chuck into our pool? Well, I, I would I would say these pyramid schemes and multi-level marketing sometimes the scams which i've seen in yeah. there uh not not ideal I'm, I'm not a big fan of those for example um mm-hmm. it's not really in the content sphere directly but mm-hmm. there is a lot of that happening um i'm not a big fan of it i'm sure it works for some, for some people but pyramid schemes actually is illegal in most countries including the uk mm-hmm. uh, and i would say that that would be my sort of you know Thing which I will stay away from uh, yeah. as a marketeer or otherwise. Yeah, that, that's. Uh, I think um, that's probably the most serious answer I've had. <laughs> I mean, that's that's quite. Um, you know, like you say, there's a legal issue involved in that and all that stuff. So that's probably probably the most serious one we've had. Usually, it's like banner ads or or crappy spam and stuff like that. So, so um, marketing pyramid schemes that seems like a valid thing to throw into hell. So that's fantastic. Thank you very much. And and Raj, um, before you go, if people spin the dial on the interwebs, where might they find you? Well, they'll find me on LinkedIn. So if you look for Raj mm-hmm. Goodman Anand, you'll find me on LinkedIn, hopefully number one, because there's no Raj Goodman as far as I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's one. And if you're looking for the company, it's Goodman Lantern. If you just Google it, mm-hmm. you'll find us there as well. Excellent. So that's Goodman Lantern. I'll, uh, encourage, I'll also include all the links to you and your agency in the show notes. Thank you very much for your time, Raj. Have a lovely Friday. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you for the opportunity. You too. Have a lovely one. Thank you, Raj. I was delighted to recently connect with Raj. Another fascinating conversation that I can be thankful for this podcast for. I get to meet all these wonderful people. And I will, of course, include links to Raj, his work, his company in the show notes. Right. It's Friday evening, a holiday in the US, so my clients are quiet. So time to wind down for the weekend. And what better way than to join my friend and content marketing mentor, Robert Rose, in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar. Good evening, Robert. What are you drinking? Oh, hello, my friend. And uh, and and well, it's not Thanksgiving for you, um, nope. but it is for us here in the United States. So uh, we're actually having a very pleasant Thanksgiving weekend here. Uh-huh. So uh, so yes, it's nice to see you in the bar. Um, and uh, I'm 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 well ahead of you. I'm 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 well ahead of you in terms of the number of <laughs> cocktails I've had. So uh, we'll, you'll have to catch up. <laughs> I'll do my very best. Um, so this week, um, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, well, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll hear the poor maybe in a bit. Um, <laughs> you know, so this week I am uh, filled with gratitude. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I choose to celebrate Thanksgiving in the truly classic way of finding all the things that I'm grateful for in this very strange, very weird year mm. um and this week so i have a, a a a drink that i'm dedicating to the thing that i'm most grateful for this year which of course is my beautiful uh best friend my love my wife um uh. and i call it the pill 
because the pill, uh, she is my partner in life. And so, um, it is a wonderful, wonderful, purest, the purest tequila, unspoiled mm-hmm. by nothing other mm-hmm. than a small dash of honey for sweetness um, mm-hmm. and a little cinnamon um, because that's she always reminds me of that spice. So that's that's wow. my, that's my drink this week. That's a beautiful thing. I don't. I don't sully it with my partner for life, <laughs> which um, I think we we probably know what that is. So, um, did you put ice in that, Robert? Uh, you know, I, I here's what I did. I have one big rock, so one large piece of ice. Ah, all right. Well, I'm going to put two smaller ones. Okay. All right. Now then. Um, I think your story is so beautiful that I don't want to ruin it. But anyway, I'm going to go with, um, you know that I don't have the, te- the finest tequila, unspoiled tequila. I have the very spoilt <laughs> and, uh, and very man-touched um, bottle of Hendrix gin. Ah, well, that will uh, from work. Which I will, from which I will, shall take a, a generous measure to, as your recommendation, sir, because... Um, you, as you say, you're ahead of me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. I'm wondering how it's been going for you so far. Uh, and then, um, and then uh, the the cinnamon. I'm going to replace with some tonic. Oh, ah, I didn't perfect. get the fizz perfect. this time. Yeah, so I'm going to put some very tonic in there. Yes. Oh, very spicy. Absolutely. <laughs> there we go. Let's give that a taste. Uh, Robert, I would love to be sitting there with. Uh, with uh, well, I don't. I don't want to be there. It's just you and your wife having a nice, a very nice, unspoiled drink. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin it with my gin and tonic. Here we go. Oh, that's very good, Robert. That definitely is a partner for life. Partner in life. There it is. That is a partner in life for sure. I could drink these every week, as we <laughs> say, every week. <laughs> That's lovely, and what a lovely story, Robert! You're a you're an absolute poet. Um, I'm a very lovely and if, sure. if if I'm allowed to intrude in this beautiful moment, uh, where would we be drinking these? Uh, well, I would. St- I think you'd have to come visit us. Um, and uh, we are up in uh, Santa Barbara area, mm-hmm. in a little town mm-hmm. called Montecito, which is right on the water. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, the water is Pacific cold, so you don't go swimming. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, absolutely spectacular up here. And, um, we'd find a place, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's very Mediterranean, I would say the, right. the Montecito Santa Barbara area. And so we'd find a place up in one of the, uh, you know, there's the little microclimates as you go up the mountain side, which yeah. is just on the water. And so you, it gets a little warmer actually, as you go up Yeah, and, um, find a little place that overlooks the ocean in a little yeah. cafe on the mountain and um, just overlooking the overlooking the water. Yeah, that sounds lovely. That sounds lovely. Uh, 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 um, I would. I, I. I don't want to be the third wheel, but um, uh, what? When? No, um, I'll step. Away. I'll step away from it for, from a bit. <laughs> you know, we've been. You know, we've been. We, we've been in the same place together since March. So uh, I, I don't think she's going to care too much if I step away from the drink. <laughs> Well, I, that, I mean, that sounds, that sounds idyllic to me. I mean, your part of the world is beautiful, and I've been a, I've been a few times. Um, so that, sound, that sounds perfect. Um, so we're sipping these drinks, 
and um, we are enjoying the, the fine weather that you have. Um, what is it that we're chatting about? Well, you know, so here's an interesting thing that I'm finding, um, mm-hmm. I, and, and, and it might just be, you know, from a from an engagement we just finished. Um, you know, one of one of the things that I've started to notice is that there are companies that are simply joyless. And, you know, and, and, and by that, I just mean they have, <laughs> oh my God. yeah. Um, and you know, and, and one of the, and, and I write this down, I actually make note mm-hmm. of this because it's a, it's a, you know, I mean, when you, when you're working with consulting with a lot of organizations, you, you, you notice these things because mm-hmm. quite frankly, they make for good or, or sort of disappointing experiences. And so I went back and tallied up the number of companies that I've worked with this year. Um, which surprisingly has been 23 different companies wow. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and 18 of them have been joyful. They've been wonderful, happy, mm-hmm. um, you know, organizations. Now I don't agree. There's no scale here. It's not like, you know, well, they're four or a mm-hmm. seven or, you know, but, but yeah, basically yeah. You, know, you can, you can, you can sort of track this to sort of a kind of grumpy to absolutely miserable. Right. You right. know? And so, wow. and interestingly, and this is the most interesting part. I don't find that there's like one or two people here, right. That, that sort of, you Mm -hmm. know, know, it's not a mixed bag. It's, Mm -hmm. it's systemic, right. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's basically if the company, you know, if the first few people that I talk to are just joyless, you know, sort of miserable Mm -hmm. people, I can pretty much bet that the whole group is going to be the same way. Oh my God. You know, people don't want to be there. They're unhappy. They don't find it enjoyable, et cetera. And the interesting thing is, is that here's the, here's the trend that sort of brings it all together, which is I find that the joyless companies either are usually either in the midst of, or have just completed a technology project to put in some sort of collaboration (laughs) system, right? (laughs) Slack or teams, something like that. And, You know, it, it, guess I just, spoiler alert, it's not going to work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you have to have the joy in order mm-hmm. to make the collaborative technology work. And so wow. I, you know, and, and interestingly, there's, there's research from AT Kearney, the big consulting firm to, to actually, yeah. you know, support this, which is that, you know, yeah. those employees who are finding joy, right. Who, you know, who have harmony. Yeah. feel like they're making impact or getting acknowledgement for their work they're yeah. much more committed to actually collaboration and making the the business yeah. successful so i think it's an interesting thing which is maybe what we want to do is not necessarily just throw in some collaboration technology but maybe we want to work a little bit on our on how much joy we have in the organization so yeah. that the collaboration technology might actually work yeah and how do you work with that i mean I, do, I mean, there isn't a consultancy for, for, for joy, is there? I mean, do you, do you just find that, that, that that's for you is just going to be, because I mean, you're to, to me, you're a, you're a, you're a jolly fellow. You bring fun to your sessions and stuff. And it's, and it's such a great topic, content marketing. And, and it's a, it's, um, it pulls on the sort of artistic and creative side of ourselves and stuff. So what's not to like in a way. So what, what, how do you find that? How do you find coping with that? You know, you do the best you can. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, he is, uh, you know, it, 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 or they, they are, can be difficult to 
to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, every consulting firm will tell you about their, you know, pain in the ass clients, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they all have them and, and, you know, some of them are big, some of them are small, some of them, you know, think they know what they need to know and don't, you know, yeah. don't cooperate or collaborate. Yeah. And then others, you know, you've got clients that are just, just joys to work with. Mm-hmm. And so you navigate as best you can. You don't always, you know, like I said, I'm very blessed that I've only had a few of them in this mm-hmm. year. And, you know, I didn't go back and look at previous years, but I would guess that the percentage yeah. is roughly the same. Um, yeah. You know, it feels roughly the same anyway. And so, you you know, yeah. you, you, you stick with it. You stick, you know, I mean, yeah. it is exceedingly rare that I have sort of fired a client. Now, I've never mm-hmm. fired a client for being joyless, but, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, there, but it is exceedingly rare that you don't, um, you don't, uh, you know, complete the project, you know, just sort of yeah. grin and bear it as it were. Yeah. Uh, and just, just chalk it up to like, yeah, that's one thing they're going to do. You know, now I will say yeah. there is definitely a correlation between those that succeed um, mm-hmm. in making the changes that we typically suggest and those that have, you know, that are happy about getting the mm-hmm. advice. Is, do you think that's because they haven't got the, um, because in those kinds of organizations where there is a lack of collaboration, there's a culture of fear or whatever, is that because they, the the nature of that organization, the, the joylessness is almost a symptom of the fact they can't get things done? Can be. Absolutely yeah. can be. Yeah. yeah, it can be. It can, it can be. You know, in, in one particular one that I worked with actually last year, that was mm-hmm. exactly it, right? It was the team was quite frankly dispirited and, and, and joyless mm-hmm. because they were being prevented from doing anything by, you know, uh, a leader in the organization who just wasn't interested in leading. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they were they saw the fruitlessness of their of, of their yeah. job. And yeah. all of them, with zero exception, ultimately left that company. And and so, wow. you know, so so you yeah, if- you do end up you there are people that are joyless that you can sympathize with. Yeah, you know what I mean that are that are truly yeah, nice yeah. And people that yeah. are just in a bad situation. Um, yeah. And then there are the people who are just joyless for no reason. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think we've all met those. <laughs> yeah. Well, well um, uh, and. I think what's interesting there is hearing the talk about there's a team that can't get stuff done. And presumably there's a, a, a somebody in the, on the C-suite is looking down at that team going, I, you know, do you think there's, a, there's an element of, well, I can't trust those miserable bastards, right? <laughs> they can't get anything done. All they do is sit around and moan. And yet there's this, you know, they're both looking at each other going, yeah, it's your fault. Nah, it's your fault. What do you think? Oh, of course. I mean, that, yeah. you know, exactly. I mean, you know, and, uh, yeah, and there's no solving that, right? There's no, right. you know, there's yeah. no Solomon-like way of coming in there and saying, "Well, here, let's split the baby in half," right? Because you know? <laughs> yeah. they're like, they're, they look at each other and go, "Yeah, fine, split the baby in half. I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's um, that's a nice piece of experience. What, but but what a shame and what a what a, what a wonderful Thanksgiving that we should share that. Is there a positive side to joy that we? How do we change? Positive side to joy, which is basically it. When I find that there is joy in the business, in the work, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I, I just see it produce exponential results. Yeah. I mean, that's where, yeah. you know, I, I would say this: not every 
not every successful, uh, not, or I should say, not every company has joy, um, mm -hmm. and but every successful one that I've seen does. Um, yeah, and and that's the that's the difference. Yeah, that's it. And and it's funny there. I was there's me worrying about and focusing on the negative when actually that's the minority of your experience. And really, oh, we should sure. be focusing on Good. like, wow, isn't that great? Seventy five percent of your clients are joyful, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's, it's a small minority, but, but a yeah. meaningful one that yeah. I think it's worth, you know, sort of, sort of looking or, you know, cause especially in this world that we find ourselves in that is virtual, you know, and filled with zoom rooms, we can mm -hmm. lose touch and, mm -hmm. and it's important not to lose touch with where people are emotionally and feeling, you know, that their work is important and, and all of that. So, you know, it's time it's a great to thought. You know, make time to check in. Yeah, no, it's a great thought. And um, do you think that will be uh, that will be another extension to what you guys do at the content advisory, the joy advisory? Do you think? Uh, you know, it, oh, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think my stand-up comic skills are quite there yet, but but um, uh, or you know, clown skills. <laughs> but uh, well, some might say my clown skills are quite. <laughs> um, but. Uh, Nevertheless, I don't think it's going to be a a, 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 a new service offering from us. All right, we're just well, trying to view it in all the things that we do. We try and have fun. All of our, yeah. you know, we we tell all of our clients at the beginning is that we are, you know, we are here to be to have as much fun as we can with this because why yes. wouldn't you? Right? You know, why yeah. wouldn't you try and enjoy this process? Because talking about you know skills and processes and governances and technologies and all of that mm -hmm. can be woefully dry and 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 mm. um you know if you're not having some fun with it then why do it mm. well i mean exactly and, and like i was saying at the beginning is i think that the craft of content creating content is a you know with and it, it comes with flow and all those good things that are positive that make us feel good um <clears throat> but yeah i suppose we are putting the mechanics together to allow us to have that fun i suppose aren't we that's right that's exactly yeah. right yeah, no, I love the thought. I love the thought, and let's 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 focus on the seventy-five percent of people that have joy, and also on that wonderful tribute to your wife on Thanksgiving. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you had it. I'm glad you had a great Thanksgiving, uh, Robert. And um, I've already mentioned the content advisor, as I'm um, contractually obliged. I'm joking. Did <laughs> 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 you? Um, where can people find you when they spin the dial on the interwebs? Well, you're very kind. It, basically, you can find us at contentadvisory.net. That's splendid. Thank you. And um, and yourself, Robert, where are you? Well, I'm all over the interwebs, but uh, primarily you can find me on Twitter at Robert underscore Rose or, of course, uh, on LinkedIn, where I would love to connect with everybody as well. That's splendid. Thank you very much, Robert. And will I see you in the bar next week? I'm, I'm guessing so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, mate. And I'll see you then. Thank you, Robert. What a wonderful Thanksgiving thought there. Also, thank you to Christine for sharing her book and to Raj for a wonderful conversation. So that's a wrap on episode 38 of the Rockstar CMO Effing Martin podcast. If you like my guests, please give them a mention, click on their links, follow them and take a look at their work. I really appreciate their time. But most of all, thank you for dropping a dime into your podcasting jukebox, selecting our track, 
and jiving along with us. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you liked it, maybe you can help answer the question of whether the world does need another epic marketing podcast. Drop us some feedback, a review, subscribe, share, or just keep listening. I'm glad you're here. Next week, the doctor is back in the house as we again dip into Christine's book. I have a chat with Xenia Muntean, founder of Plannery, a content marketing planning tool. And you heard the man, Robert Rose. We'll be back in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar. Until then, I've been your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of rockstarcmo.com. And I hope you'll join us again next week here at Rockstar CMO FM. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.